Hey all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm joined by Jonathan. Well, hello. And today we're going to be talking about uh, Disney Plus Day, new Game of Thrones spinoff, Star Wars, Forza, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, but first, I got a question for you, Jonathan. Shoot. What fictional character would thrive in the Star Wars universe? All right, I like this. So I actually have three uh, different options. And I was trying to actually think more um, like mythology or old time stories, right. you know, Hercules or Sherlock Holmes or something like that. But none of those that Holmes. I could think of, yeah, none of I could think of, I could find a good way to make them fit. So uh, my first one is Captain America. I think yeah. he, would, he would be cool to pluck out of, you know, the regular MCU and put him into space and, you know, see how he fits. I think it would feel a lot like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. He would be, he'd be a good, like, commando in Clone Wars, you know? Yeah. Like, fighting on the side of the Republic. Yeah. And, and the fact that his shield, you know, is compatible with their technology. Like, it would I think, protect against phaser fire. And uh, I don't think anybody else is. I want to put that to the test. Yeah. <laughs> right. If anybody's got vibranium, let us know. <laughs> right. That'd be cool. Then, probably my favorite here is Captain Jack Sparrow. Imagine yes. Jack yes. Sparrow in space. You know, that would just be dope. I imagine he's got to be doing spacewalks, jumping from one ship with like a makeshift jetpack on his back, grappling yeah. to another one, and then, you know, pirating, just taking over ships. It'd be be pretty cool. Him, you know, first like Han Solo kind of situation would be dope. He would have run-ins with Han Solo. It would be this thing where he's like always trying to spread his name across the, the galaxy and stuff. Yeah. That would be very dope. He would be very good there. And then uh, my last one is Jon Snow. Imagine Jon Snow yeah. wielding a lightsaber, commanding an army like he does in Game of Thrones. That'd be pretty cool. Classic Jedi. He's always thinking he's got to do the right thing mm-hmm. to, to a fault, which is a Ned Stark thing too, where it's like, oh yeah, but you died because he did that. Yeah. yeah. That'd be really cool. But I like how John is good at walking that line too. Sometimes, I think sometimes he'll dip his toe and happen to do what That's others true. would see as the wrong thing to get the right thing accomplished. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a balancing act, but he's good at it. It's funny because the one time he did that, the one time he ended up um, like dipping his toe into the bad side was when he's going to leave the black to go join mm-hmm. uh, and help. And he got killed for that. <laughs> yeah. And so. But when he comes back and he's reborn and, for, you know, by the law, he's, you know, paid his debt or whatever and executes everybody that was involved in that, too. It's like, oh, that's pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, um, mine is Gandalf. I think Gandalf would be an excellent Jedi, uh, specifically the fact that he would like roam around from planet to planet, helping out the small guys. Um, uh, because, be cool. you know, normally when we see Jedi's like the prequels, they're these big foreboding characters that are like they bring an army with them they're always just but i like the idea of just like the small jedi doing only good and having a small planet that he likes it's like space shire and just chilling out over there then he's he's just being like a good guy which i think is forgotten by a lot of the jedis in the movies so it'd be cool yeah. to see that kind of like a, be- a luke skywalker in the new trilogy kind of like that you know yeah yeah that'd be awesome and and that makes me think like how we see in in the uh, 90s movies um anakin later vader you know kills all the all these jedi and so imagine i imagine gandalf being like a jedi that's laying low and just kind of skirting around doing good but at the same time he knows there's a major imbalance in the force so yeah somewhere there's going to be a super powerful jedi being born and so he's as he's going around being a nice guy doing good things quietly being a jedi trying not to you know advertise too much but looking for that that new padawan to bring under his wing uh, that'd be pretty cool. And then we could have like a ragtag movie that has, you know, Gandalf teaming up with, with Jack Sparrow, <laughs> where mm-hmm. Jack Sparrow, he needs his cunningness or whatever to uh, surpass some like Empire Blockade. Oh, damn. Right. We were right. Some, reni- some renegade Mandalorian joins. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. I, <laughs> named Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. If Captain got brought in by the Mandalorians. Yep. <laughs> is Veskar the same as uh, Vibranium? Who Maybe. knows, right? They're both owned by Disney. That's all we know. <laughs> Maybe it's just a meteor discovered on two different worlds, and that, that'd be cool. <laughs> material. All right. Uh, moving on, we want to give a shout out to our newest patron, Stephanie. Uh, she's a big Trek Freaks fan, so we'll, break, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about her there. But shout out to Stephanie. You are awesome. All right. Uh, going into the news. We have Disney Plus Day. We had all kinds of announcements from Disney Plus. Uh, we're going to break down some of the biggest ones. We have all of them on our website. There's simply too many to cover. I tried to make a TikTok video out of this. <laughs> it was tough. Uh, but we're going to first start off with X-Men. The nine, or It's called X-Men 97. It's a continuation of the 90s animated series. 
to me, this was the best version of X-Men. It had the best stories. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Jalen? Oh, I love it. I mean, I know we, as kids, we we both watched it, but this is X-Men. I know the early movies were really good too, and that kind of created the cinematic X-Men that we all you know like nowadays. Uh, but when you think of an animated X-Men anything, this series is what it's all about. So I'm glad, I'm so glad to see that they're they're revitalizing it and, and continuing it. Yes, I'm really hyped for this. It's coming 2023, bit mm. of a wait. Uh, but they are, every living voice actor is returning for this. So we're actually oh, going to wow. have like classic X-Men voices back to, they're putting in the, the love for this. I think what it is, is like when X-Men hit Disney Plus, it was like when Simpson hit it. Uh, everybody started watching it and they're like, okay, so we have something here. Let's make sure that we continue this. Right. Uh, next, we have a little bit of footage for Moon Knight. Uh, those not familiar with Moon Knight, just to kind of give you a quick breakdown of who he is. Uh, he is actually closer to Batman than anybody else in the Marvel Universe. He has multiple personality disorder, which benefits him, and it kind of shows the benefits of that uh, disorder. Uh, he is given the duty from an ancient Egyptian moon god to protect the... Um, the unfortunate and you know and create justice and stuff like that he's just a really neat character and the fact that he's struggling with this is always so cool played by oscar isaac which we just got some oscar isaac from dune so yeah. <laughs> i miss you leto <laughs> <laughs> right, oh, man. i just got a new dune shirt in by the way and it's freaking cool it's that mm. one that says um surfing arrakis and it shows nice. them on the back of a, of a maker all right we got a, a little bit more footage from she hulk this is the cousin to Hulk, and it's going to be... And we, we might actually have some Jessica Jones in this, too. What do you think about a Hulk-based TV series? I, I just... It's all about how much money they put into it. Yeah. I mean, if you make a... You can make an Arrowverse series, which I know is good, and a lot of people love it, but to me, it's not, you know... It feels Cinematic cheap. quality. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. But, uh, you know, if they invest in it, it'll be... It, it, it's a good story, a good basis. Everybody likes Hulk and knows Hulk. I don't know how the She-Hulk ties into it. I know there's comics about her, but... Yeah, um, like how she got her powers and stuff, but it's all it's all about how much they are willing to invest. They know how to make money, so if they invest properly, they'll they'll make you good. Totally agree. You cannot cheap out on a Hulk out, so it needs to it needs to really really look good. Uh, quickly though, she Hulk got her abilities because she needed a blood transfusion. Her cousin was the only one that fit, so she ended up getting a transfusion from Bruce Banner and got some of his abilities. She is like Hulk, except for she's not as strong, but she can control the off and on. So mm, it's okay. a little more useful, really. Well, doesn't Hulk learn how to control his off and on his changing pretty quick, too? Kind of. The MCU one's kind of <laughs> cheaping out. I don't really, I'm not a big fan right. of the MCU version now. I think most people are, are not a fan of him. It's um, supposed to be an endgame move that he learns at like the last comic of the entire series kind of thing. But... And then it gets reset like it always does. And, and it's yeah. not reset yet. We might see that through that. Actually, that would be a really good thing for them to do in the series. Like maybe Hulk loses his, his Professor Hulk uh, control. That would be nice. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, last thing that we got a little bit of footage for was Miss Marvel. Uh, this is the final of the trio of the Marvels, and um, it, it to me it's looking like it's going to be a little bit more of a kids show than I liked. So mm -hmm. I'm a little concerned about that. Um, we'll see how it goes. She's she's a badass though, so hopefully hopefully it's good. Uh, we have season two of What If announced, which was going to be obvious. Uh, Echo is a new series coming up. This is going to be uh, Maya Lopez is the character. Um, she's going to be introduced in the Hawkeye series coming at the end of the, this month. So we're going to learn a lot more about Echo. Basically, it's pretty cool. Spider-Man Freshman Year. This is a new animated series. It's going to show the first year of Tom Holland becoming Spider-Man. Because remember, like we got introduced to him in Civil War where he was just like, look at me, I'm Spidey. But we're going to get the part where he's like bit by the spider, becomes, you know, Spider-Man. Uh, yeah. Do you think you're going to watch this? Uh, probably, probably not, honestly. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, have, <laughs> I don't have a lot of time to watch stuff anyways. I got to be selective. But uh, I wonder, is this animation going to be the same as the, the other animated into the Spider-Verse? Or is this going to be more cartoon animation, you know? Oh, I hope it is like Spider- I didn't think about that. Into the Spider-Verse is a really good animation style. Yeah, it'd be yeah. cool to keep them together and just follow, you know, the way the characters all look the same and stuff, but... Yeah. I don't know. That's a good idea. I didn't think about that. Um, the next show that's brand new announced, there are a lot of other things that are announced. Again, check out our website for all those. We can't go into everything here. But Agatha House of Harkness, it's going to be a spinoff from WandaVision that's just going to show the Agatha story. Uh, we talked about this a little bit in the past. And how much I would hope that this is Agatha living as, you know, just a normal person in this town, not knowing her abilities and slowly discovering them. What do you think we're going to get out of the series? Yeah, that's a good, good question. I don't know, because I, I assumed in watching the show that she always knew who she was and somehow she was kind of above 
uh, Wanda's power. She was, but I'm thinking it'll be so. Yeah, John, she was, but I'm thinking after WandaVision, now she's living in the town not knowing her abilities. So I'm hoping it's uh, a post WandaVision series. So I'm saying. Well, so why in the town was she the only one above Wanda's control then? Because she's well, super you... magical. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So after Wanda has her Phoenix moment and she grows in power, now she has Agnes under her control. Right. I see what you're saying. In her illusion. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a great story, I think. I mean, seeing her peel back the layers, but what would that what would that finally reach? What would be the end game of her learning who she is? Now she's gonna go hunt down Wanda or something. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I want this to be like the creation of a villain that we could use in the regular MCU movies. Because I mean, clearly everybody loved Agatha uh from mm-hmm. the reaction online and stuff like that. So expanding that into the actual MCU, having her be a villain that's that the Avengers might come across or something like that would be really cool. Or the teams yeah. up with some other villains would be really neat. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking would be cool is team with other villains and explain that, hey, this Wanda is way too powerful. She did all this, you know, to control us. So we yeah. need to, you know, either tame her or take her down. So kind of, and it doesn't have to be villains. She can get, you know, heroes as well, people to come together because she would be doing good theoretically by trying to stop Wanda. Yeah. Speaking of Wanda being too powerful, we're going to get a Mar- Marvel Zombies series. Uh, oh. This is going to be the world that the what if explored already where everybody turned into zombies. Well, most people turned into zombies, right? Including, yeah. including Wanda, who was, I mean, it was just such a spectacular moment when they're like, how do we kill Vision? Well, there's zombie, there's zombie Wanda to help us out. And they, they basically sick, sick him on her and that yeah, was a mess. Uh, we're gonna, they're going to have their own series. I think this will be where we have a couple heroes, like in the comic books, a couple heroes trying to survive the zombie plague spreading around. They are using the comic book logo for the series. so. We could assume that. Um, what do you think about a, a Walking Dead set in the zombie universe? My my only problem with this this Marvel zombies in, from the What If episode, they don't follow any of the traditional zombie rules. True. Yeah, so, it's more of a rage virus. Yeah, so the Hulk would be a perfect one to get it if he was Bruce Banner, gets bit, and then becomes a Hulk while he has the virus in him. He would be a zombie Hulk and super powerful and hard to stop, right? But all these other... Vision, I mean, Vision's a, a robot, so he wouldn't even be able to get it. Um, but like Doctor Strange or any of these other guys, they wouldn't be able to use their magic or their technology or anything once they're a zombie, based on most every zombie movie and show before. So the fact that they can still do all these complicated, smart people things that they know how to do, but can't control their inhibition to try to eat flesh and brains, those don't mesh well together. So I know it's more fun to see, right? you know, the... The superheroes with superpowers trying to attack to eat someone's brains. But I would like to see the more realistic Walking Dead version, like you're saying, where, you know, you still have a few people. You still have, you know, uh, mutant level heroes that don't really know who who they are, what powers they have. But they're roaming and making little tribes just like Walking Dead and trying to survive. It'd be, you know, exploring their abilities. And still, you would find hulks and, you know, people... People would be taking Iron Man suits, you know, if, if Tony Stark dies, and using those in the streets to try to wipe out zombies, but, you know, eventually running out of power or being overcome or something like that. But it'd be cool, but I think they need to, yeah, stick to the proper zombie abilities. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. I think that the whole point of like this and Deceased, which is the DC version of this, um, they had their abilities still. And I mean, like, I remember Wolverine and stuff like that, specifically from the Marvel invasion, uh, zombies thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It would be cool to have that, but in this version, I think the the best part about this whole thing is that the lobby zombies, like or the lobby heroes, kind of like a Hawkeye, get to Mm -hmm. kind of thrive a little bit because they're really good at surviving, which Mm -hmm. is something that maybe Thor, who just like throws a hammer and just kills things around him, wouldn't necessarily do great. Is like, hey, you have to move, you know, with a group of people from place to place, being cunning. Not necessarily Thor's mo. He's more about just like murdering stuff. Um. Yeah, so we get to see highlight some of the lesser known heroes. Hopefully, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Next, uh, Secret Invasion, Invasion. We already knew this was coming, but we did get a new image of uh, Nick Fury. It looks like it's going to be you know a little bit further in the future. Nick Fury's you know rough some looking. Scars over his eyes. Yeah, yeah, you know he's actually got the All eye exposed. Gray. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. That'll be cool. Uh, moving on to the Star Wars stuff. Did you see the concept art for Kenobi? Uh, actually, I'm looking at it on our website right now. Yeah. That is, that is so. It's I didn't realize. Um, maybe I'm way behind on the game. I didn't realize it was going to be all animated. I was thinking this. It's was not be animated. Alive. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. This is concept art. So. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Yeah. So that usually to give people an idea of how 
close they are to the concept art. When you watch an episode of Mandalorian during the tr- uh, the credits, they show the concept art for that episode. So basically, uh, that's what the shots are going to look like in the actual episode. Shows how grand it'll look, like how big that ship is, look how yeah, big they, the hallway is. That green hallway, yeah, yeah, that one looks really cool. I like that that scale, like you're saying. It's, that, that, that'll look really nice. We also had some, uh, what is it, Hayden Christensen. So we are going to have Darth Vader with a lightsaber fighting Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, nice. Yeah, there's so much like Vader timeline that we don't really see, too, so that'll be cool. Yeah. Uh, Pixar's got a couple new documentaries coming up. It looks like they're going to be doing a documentary for each movie they release now. That's pretty cool. I guess I'll check those out. Uh, but we do have a new Cars series. It's early in development, and it looks like it's going to be, uh, was it, Lightning McQueen and Tomater jumping around in time and different, like it's basically their multiverse <laughs> with different <laughs> kinds of cars. Um, nice. It looks fun. They actually have the original voices. Like Owen Wilson is coming back for this. I think after working on Loki, he was like, yeah, I like Disney Plus. So he's helping out with other <laughs> projects. Um, nice. Some of the other things we had were just kind of just a couple more things. Chris Hemsworth is going to get his own reality TV show uh, called Limitless, where he's going to be putting people to the test, to, like basically the limits of the human body. Um, like Fear Factor makes a survivor. Kind of like that. Yeah. God, Fear Factor. Boy, that turned my stomach. Um, <laughs> Willow had a really just I mean, it was so cute. It, was, it had, um, you know, the star from Willow uh, Warwick. I can't remember his first name. Uh, going around talking to the other cast members and just kind of like talking shit. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> he was totally talking smack, uh, but it was cool to kind of see some of the new cast members that we're going to be getting. Willow is going to be so fun to watch. I can't wait for yeah. this to come back. As as old as that movie w- is too, I mean, it was came out in the late 80s, right? Or mid 80s? Yeah. Uh, the actor that played Willow, he looks pretty darn good for his age. I'm surprised. Yeah. And then even he goes up to the last girl I, again. I can't remember her name, but she's from uh, Solo. She's the main, the main like kind of almost bad guy, but not really bad guy in Solo. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Oh hey yeah, we we worked on Star Wars together." And she's like, "I'm from Solo." He's like, "That's the one Star Wars movie I'm not in because <laughs> he's been an Ewok. <laughs> he's been in all kinds of stuff in Star Wars. Yeah. So you know he's he's old school Star Wars uh, guy." Um, okay, last couple things here. We're gonna get a brand new Ice Age movie. I didn't even think about this. Disney now owns Ice Age because of the Fox merger. Oh yeah. Hey. So I mean, is is it is it that valuable though? Did I thought Ice Age was kind of a unsuccessful movie. The no, first couple of times. here's the thing, John. Yeah, I would I would not think it's successful, but they kept making movies, so I think it was just successful enough hmm. to keep up with films. And they were probably, I mean, they were at that the beginning of CGI being good enough mm-hmm. to make movies without without needing uh like premium actors. I think is kind of like when you have Toy Story and you got Tom Hanks and. Right you know, Tim Allen carrying your movie, then yeah, people are going to watch it. But when you don't have any of those in it, or I mean, you got, is it Ray Romano? Ray Romano, Queen Latifah, I think's in it. <laughs> yeah. So it's got pretty decent actors, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that it, that they're making more. I will say like, I know everybody liked Madagascar. I watched more ice ages than I think I watched Madagascar's. And you know, the show that I hope I don't, I think they might've gotten this one too. Then I hope they carry it on. Um, mm. Might've been universal Kung Fu Panda. I want more Kung Fu Pandas. Those are really good. With Jack Black. Jack Black is hilarious. He could do anything. Yeah. He's just so funny. Dustin Hoffman was like the little dude like teaching him karate yeah. moves. His mentor. So they added all the Ice Ages are now on Disney Plus and they're making a brand new movie. And so, hey, we're going to get more Ice Age down the road. Uh, last couple things. We had a brand new trailer for the brand new Proud Family, Louder and Prouder. Looks like we got the original voice actors plus a ton more voice actors. So this, I mean, they're putting some big cash on Proud Family coming back. Um, and then the uh, last few things I want to mention, we have the Rescue Rangers, Chippendales Rescue Rangers movie coming out very soon. Uh, is, is that going to be live action or animated? Animated. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the picture I see is them holding like a pamphlet, but it's, it's a live action person. It, it might be like animated in a live action world, though. It might. Uh, okay. We don't know that. Like the, yeah. like the Chipmunks movies. Like those exactly, and we know that Jim John uh, John Mulaney and Andy Samberg are coming to play both the characters Chip and Dale. So I love both those actors so much. That'd be really good. And then the last thing we do have a, a somewhat of a date now. Pinocchio will be coming. Um, oh shoot, I don't have it here on the website. I just realized uh, <laughs> Pinocchio. Uh, oh yeah, fall twenty twenty two. Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks is going to be playing Geppetto. We know that. Oh, for that's sure. cool. So that'll be good. Yeah, live action Pinocchio. It's going to go straight to Disney Plus. All right. Uh, again, on our website, guys, a lot more stuff for Disney Plus Day. Go check it out. Anything in particular that was the biggest highlight for you, gentlemen? 
Uh, I love to see all the new Star Wars stuff. I'm so glad they're expanding on that. Just like, I mean, Star Trek's doing the same thing. These sci-fi worlds are just being just dug up and and widened and broadened so much. So I'm excited for, you know, the young kids, the next generation that's going to be able to to love on it, grow with it as it grows. Yeah, get more fans involved and stuff like that. It's just fantastic. What about you? Just everything for Marvel. Marvel's, they're making a lot of things, but they haven't slipped up yet. So... Just keep making them, I guess, until you guys do slip up. Those yeah. are that's all really good. And then of course the Kenobi. The Kenobi is going to be fantastic. I think that might be God. I don't want to, you know, it might be the best thing on Disney Plus when it comes out, just because of how much they could actually use from the the regular Marvel uh, Star Wars movies. And mm-hmm. we've talked about it before on the podcast. I think as we've kind of farthered ourselves away from the prequels, people are starting to appreciate them more. I think so, and and I think because we went from kind of polarizing movies that are very different you know way the way they're made and everything uh the way they look but now that we have like clone wars and all this other stuff that kind of kind of digs a little deeper into the younger aspect or the the world that looks different when you add more in between it so yeah i think it's a lot easier for people to get on board with the original with the prequels yeah and people are starting to realize that like hey you can you can you can like them it's okay to like them you know everybody was like so (laughs) Picking sides, polarizing, yeah. Uh, okay, moving on to the next thing here. Squid Games 2 has been confirmed to be in the works from yes. the director. John, did you finish Squid Game 1? Oh, I did. That was so good. The ending, I don't want to spoil nothing, but the ending was it's a little... It's been long enough. We could spoil it, yeah. Okay, well, so the, the way the whole deal works out where the old guy was working, yeah, what was you know running it or whatever, uh, that I don't think was necessary. Yeah. I like the story without that, and maybe they could have written it in a little bit different, but it was still a cool... Cool ending, good story. Um, yeah, I really liked it. I'm glad they're they're making more. I really hope the director is gonna get paid uh, accordingly. Yes. I know that was kind of a dispute as whether or not he was gonna get fairly compensated because the first show, you know, he didn't didn't make a lot because it was kind of a no name production until it went huge. But uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully he's getting paid according to how successful the first one was. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, I'm super excited for it. Now, here here's my pitch on this, John. I think yeah. the first one should have ended Willy Wonka style. So what if the old man was like trying to show you remember how he was using the guy that was like on the side of the road as an example? What yeah. if he was like, I'm giving you the squid games now. Try to make something better of it. And like, look how I have helped that guy type of thing like that. I would I think it would have been cool if like here's this guy who didn't really want squid games, but he's really he has nothing else going on in his life. But he can see like, hey, I can make squid games into a way to help people better. But then like through the through. The second season, we see him fall into the old ways and he's just killing people. <laughs> it would be cool to yeah. take our hero and it's like hopeful beginning of season two into collapse the end of season two. I think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Because I like, because the, with, at the very end, sitting with the old guy as he's dying and they look out the window, seeing a homeless man, you know, eventually police show up at, as or after or maybe just before the old man dies, but police show up to help the homeless guy and take him somewhere warm for the night kind of thing. And so that is that last little gleam of hope that like, oh, there's hope for humanity. Somebody somewhere cares, you know, not everybody is lost. So, it, you know, basically don't execute everybody. Don't give up on humanity. Like there's a chance that they'll make the right decision. Like how he was trying to help the old man when he was in the games. Uh, but so I, I don't know. I don't think him, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see a good way to write it with him uh, taking over and trying to expand on that to to make humanity a good thing yeah or, or or to make humanity flourish i guess but what i was imagining was he would uh flip it around he would make I mean, i'm going more saw with this really yeah uh he would make his own squid games or inherit it take it over whatever be in control of the ones they have but instead of rounding up a bunch of poor people that Ooh. are begging for money to get into this game he captures pays for you know private security to go capture billionaires and puts them in the game. Yeah, they don't have a choice. You need to play to survive. And you know who's gonna enjoy this? All the poor people are yeah. gonna watch uh, and, bo- and bet yes. and vote on. Yeah, <laughs> and so, and then in the end, it's all like a, a joke about humanity to where yeah. there's no chance that any of them are gonna survive. Anyways, the last one is executed at the end, kind of thing. Oh, that would man. be like dark and sinister and really squash that you know this humanity for hope kind of uh, hope for humanity thing. But uh, it'd be kind of cool. See. So billionaires thrown into the game damn your version is so good <laughs> you could use it netflix use our use our ideas right yeah i was just, hoping i just want i just want one percent that's all one percent one percent that'd be great 
uh, yeah, I was hoping the part where like the old like the old man and him are watching the guy on the road. Like I was hoping mm-hmm. the old man would like push a button, and all of a sudden you see mm-hmm. one of those Squid Game vans come up and like save the guy from dying on the streets. That way it was kind of like, see, I saved him, kind of thing like that to kind of redeem yeah. the idea of Squid Games. But I like your idea of like, hey, everybody who wore a mask, <laughs> get in the you're in the contest now. <laughs> all right. those jerks wearing those animal masks. Um, yeah. that'd be dope. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, man. Hopefully I'm excited for it. At least we know it's coming. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, the Steam Deck has been delayed. We both have ours in pre-order. Was coming out in December, moving back to February. I personally think this is okay because I'd rather you guys get it right. So I was confused about this and I must, maybe I'm a, I must have been wrong the whole time. Sorry. I stutter a lot. Uh, <laughs> I must have been wrong from the beginning because when I booked it, I could have swore it was the entry level one, the, the, the cheaper of the three was going to be released in December or, or no, January or something right after the new year. Right. Uh, but you can pay for it in December. You could pay for all of them. You know, you pre-order for five bucks, you pay the, your full amount or do installments or whatever uh, starting in December. And then it wouldn't be until August, I thought, May, or, May for the cheap ones and August for the expensive ones or something like that, where you would actually receive your Steam Deck. Because I was thinking like, oh, well, it'll be a birthday gift to myself for next right. year. It's going to be so far away. But now I'm hearing all this about February and December, so I'm so lost. I, it, am I going to get a Steam be, Deck in February? Well, it might be the cheap one, now that you're saying that. That might be the case, because I know we have the shortage oh. with the chips and stuff like that. So, yeah, you might be right. It might be the cheap one that's there. Um, that will make more sense to me, because I, I, I do remember that a cheap one was the one that's coming out December, too. So, yeah. presumably that's and, the one that's delayed. And that kind of makes sense for them in a business sense, I think, to release the cheaper one, and everybody that is you know hungry for it hurries up and buys it, and then, you know, like, Apple always releasing the newest model of phone. They'll release the bigger upgraded ones a little bit later. Yeah. And hopefully that means they'll work out little kinks that they might have from the cheaper one and make sure they don't get carried on into the upgraded models. Yeah. So these us bougie upgraded models, which I have the middle tier, you have the high end one. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll be all right and not have to worry about all these bugs. All right. Uh, next up, we have Spider-Man finally joining the Marvel's Avengers game on November 30th. This is an exclusive to PS4 and PS5. Uh, he also comes with a new Spidey event. Now, here's my problem with this. Mm. I bought this thing on PC because I knew better than to wait. But uh, there's a lot of people who bought the game a year ago uh, on PlayStation knowing that Spider-Man was going to be exclusive for it. Do you mm. think this is too long for that exclusive to come out? Would you feel like you deserve a re- refund or anything like that? Um, I don't. I mean, people are kind of getting used to that these days, right? Like, it takes a long time for, for anything to be produced now, so... I mean, a disclaimer in advance probably would have been great. And when it comes out, maybe give some people free uh, DLCs. But I don't, I don't think, I don't think it would be that big of a issue. Yeah, it's hard because the game has kind of collapsed. It's not a lot of people are playing it nowadays. So I think there's a lot of people who probably purchased the game specifically on a Sony so they can get the Spider-Man. And then mm-hmm. coming to find out, it's like, well, you know, you have to wait a year, a year until the game to the Spider-Man comes out and by then you're done playing it anyways, it kind of feels like you got ripped off a little bit. That's personally. Now I luckily I don't have to worry about it, but there are, I know I do have friends that are still playing the game. Um, and so I'm wondering if PlayStation will get some, you know, backlash over that. We'll have to see what comes out of that. Henry Cavill is wanting to play Captain Britain in the MCU. Now Captain Britain, you know, classic character from like, you know, the European Avengers kind of thing. Um, uh, just an just a cool hero overall, and I, I'm excited to see Henry Cavill join the MCU. Not saying this is going to happen for sure, but with him wanting to do it and becoming you know a fan favorite, there's also a lot of push for him to be the new Bond, and that's really getting close to happening. Uh, is there anybody else from the DC films you'd want to see join the Marvel universe? That is a good question. So DC is not as obviously not nearly as broad. Uh, the DC universe, cinematic universe, isn't. Uh, as broad as MCU. Right. There's a lot less characters to choose from. Uh, but I think Jason Momoa, who played Aquaman, yes. I think he would be, he's a fantastic actor and just looks like a superhero, just the way he's built. Uh, so he'd be great in the MCU. The trick is, I don't know who he could play yeah. in the MCU, <laughs> but we'd have to dig through the comics and find a good, an anchor character too, not some, somebody we're going to throw away, like some, right. somebody who could stick around for a while that he could plug in as because that'd be, That'd be pretty cool. I love Jason Momoa. Yeah, I don't know who he would play as, but he would be really good. He feels like a Guardians of the Galaxy character, personally. Yeah. So somebody from there, or, uh, yeah, just somebody who's, you still want that kind of playful attitude that Jason Momoa clearly has, um, but he's probably the best pick. Gal Gadot would do very good as well. 
Um, Gal Gadot played. Who, who would you have her play? I, I think she would have been a good. Uh, oh, I was about to say Catwoman. Wait a minute, that's DC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you think she could do good with Storm? No, 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 no. no. Uh, and and I think we have our Storm already. I think that's going to be announced soon. Hopefully. Um, yeah. Who do you think Storm's going to be? I can't remember her name, but they have they have casted a woman into the new Wakanda series that I, or the new Wakanda movie that I think is going to end up being Storm because there's a part where Storm and Black Panther were together uh, for a while there. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, Jason Momoa, Gal Gadot, I want those actors in the MCU. Where they play is tough. Um, we'll see. If, hopefully Henry Cavill gets the job. I know if Daniel was on, oh my God, he's such a freaking Henry Cavill <laughs> fanboy. I swear he's got the tattoo. Um, he would be pissed off because he's like, no, it might take him away from Superman. It's like, sorry, right. buddy, but there's all kinds of things that'll take him away from being Superman. It's not just this one thing. All right, Star Wars Rogue Squadron has been put on the back burner. So this thing is delayed basically indefinitely. Uh, it's because Patty Jenkins, the director for Wonder Woman and director for this, uh, her schedule is just too tight. And so with the delays of COVID and stuff like that, things have to get moved around. I think this might be a good thing because I think, first off, Rogue Squadron, I think is going to be a really good film. But mm -hmm. I also don't want too much Star Wars stuff too fast. And we have a few projects underway. What are your yeah. thoughts on this? Well, so I was actually going to say the same thing earlier when we were talking about Marvel too, but mm -hmm. I don't want them to, to, to go too fast. I mean, I love having all kinds of good movies and shows coming out, great content, but at a certain point, I know you're printing money yeah. and that's good kudos to you, but we don't want to, to get burnt out. If you just give us, you know, if a kid wants some ice cream and you give him 10 scoops of ice cream at the same time, he's only going to eat two or three and then get sick. Like you, you don't want all of the good Marvel content or, you know, star Wars content all at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, pace yourself, invest in a really great content. Even if it doesn't make you much more money, invest into it for your future, for the brand that you're building and stuff. Don't let it get cheapened and lazy and, you know, become where you're producing this stuff like a machine and it's all uniform. So it's, you know, it's all about money, and I get that. This is a business, but I hope, hope they are investing in long-term making quality. Yeah, I, I'm glad that they didn't just go like, okay, let's get a different director then. And, yeah. and instead of like, no, we'll wait for Patty Jenkins to be ready for this. We know that this is going to be right. That kind of faith in the, act, uh, in the director shows, shows that I should put faith in her as well. I, do, I am happy with that. And just take your time, guys. Like, do, don't burn us out. That's the main thing. I want more Star Wars, so... That'd be good. Those those three Star Wars, the newer Star movie, Star Wars movies, was too much Star Wars there, and mm -hmm. and kind of got to where it was like, yeah, I'll watch it, but I mean, I already knew it wasn't going to be great going in, and that lower expectation was answered. So you know, let's just kind of chill chill for a bit. Let let Mandalorian do its magic. <laughs> it's yeah. it's it's saving it for you guys right now. And I think the the newer Star Wars movies are they rely too much on like suspense and like trying to, they try to build a, a mood and a feeling and do all these close-ups and stuff. And it's like some, some of their scenes are really good. Like yeah. I love when uh, Kylo Ren in the early, I think it was the first movie stops that. Uh, oh yeah. Blaster. It's the first bolt scene. In air. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was it. Just do that kind of stuff. But you know, you gotta have waves in between it. Some, some ups and downs, but all this like uh, too much sentimental, build up behind stuff and trying to read into the, uh, how people are feeling and stuff like i don't know to me it's just it's getting too too sentimental i don't know. I, I can't <laughs> no i, I can't get you yeah it's too much based on the actors like emotions when it's also like it's the world i personally star wars of the yeah. world is what i'm invested in which is something yeah. that the clone wars or you know all the prequels really did really great it's expand the world that we were in and yeah. maybe that's why they're being appreciated more you know yeah we don't know and I'm not saying don't have heart, but I love how Mandalorian expresses so much care and emotion and heart with a mask on, with a helmet on all the time. Yeah. And through and with Baby Yoda, it's 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 conveyed in you know body language and the scoring and just act is it's just you don't have to do close ups on people's faces all the time and stuff like that. Well, and and I was thinking about this while I was driving around a couple of days ago. Uh, mm -hmm. Mandalorian, you know, I'm a big fan of like kind of scaling back the story. Uh, mm -hmm. We talk about it with World of Warcraft all the time. But Mandalorian, what's great is he like he like brushes against big stories, but doesn't actually get into them. Like, oh, you're yes. fighting for all of Mandalore? That's fine. I'm just gonna have an episode with you, and then I'm gonna go back to just saving this little baby Yoda. Right? I love it. Yeah, that. it's that's perfect. We they, and because the the world, the galaxy is so massive. There's so much that can be done. You can have you know one of these guys sitting in a tavern, and they see 
uh, a Jedi cut off another guy's hand. And that just happens to be part of the Star Wars world yeah. story that's going on separately. But then you carry on with this big heist they're planning or something like that. You know, it's just, let's make these worlds intersect and not necessarily tie together so much. There's an episode of Mandal- Mandalorian where mm-hmm. he's transporting a mom, frog mom, and her babies. Yeah. <laughs> and they get stuck on like a frozen planet for a bit. And it's just like about mm-hmm. that. That's yeah. great. And it's about spiders and stuff attacking them. It's a small, itty bitty story within the Star Wars universe. And I'm happy with that. Just stick yeah. with that. I don't need to see like Sith versus Jedi, you know, deciding the whole <laughs> plan, the galaxy's future. No, 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 no. This one mom getting her on a new planet. Yeah. And it's good to still have that main story kind of spine right. that, that's building and, and ebb and flows and stuff. But to have all these little side stories is a lot of fun. And you can explore, you can kind of branch off and use, you know, be a lot more experimental in these side stories, I think. Yeah. And I think we might see that with uh, Kenobi as well, because it's going to be kind of like, him just being old Ben and having to kind of constantly thwart Darth Vader's efforts to extinguish, you know, the hope in the universe, basically. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, okay, uh, last bit of news we're going to be talking about. A brand new Game of Thrones spinoff. There's 40 of them now, but I'm happy with all of them. I can't deny that. Um, it has been announced called 10,000 Ships. Uh, this is going to be following Queen Nymeria. She is, of course, who the dog is named after uh, from the newer series. Now, she is a queen that led her people who were just like being tortured by Valyria out of Valyria on 10,000 ships. And they eventually became the people of Dorne. The the term 10,000 ships became famous when she said, burn our 10,000 ships. Nobody's going back. And they created Dorne. So from the little bit of explainer that we got, it sounds like a lot of this show is actually going to be about them on the seas. Do you think we needed this, Jalen? I think I think anything they want to add into Game of Thrones was great. Like expanding on the world, like you're saying, we can have like we were saying with Star Wars, we can have side stories like yeah, quests point. of the Onion Knight or something like that that don't necessarily yeah. have to anchor in the the key core story, but can just kind of tell us a little bit more about that world. Uh, so I think this could be a great example of that. Though I mean, I know Dorne's kind of a big deal, and especially in the books. Uh, the one thing I want to point out, what she must be a little bit like, uh, like the Mad King or or an extremist because to get to this new land and to say burn your ten thousand ships, that is a lot of resources you are just <laughs> dropping into the ocean. Back in you know I don't know the eighteen hundreds or whatever, whenever we settled the colonies, you you land with a ship. If you're not going back, you take one it or two of those tavern. ships. <laughs> you yeah, you disassemble them. You use that wood yeah. and the. The sails, everything, that's all reusable. So, <laughs> to just burn them now, it's like, okay, what are we going to build our houses out of? Oh, crap, you guys shit in a hole. We're going to start mixing it with some sand. <laughs> I love gonna... I love your argument for this thing. <laughs> Not, do we need more stories <laughs> in Game of Thrones? Is this too many spinoffs? No. Why is she wasting lumber? <laughs> right, right. This, is, this is illogical right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. There's, there's, a, there's a spot. Waste in there. resources. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. excited for this because I, I did like the space battles in... Space battles? Sea battles <laughs> in battles, yeah. Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. And, and Dorne is really cool place that the show really mm. botched. So hopefully this will kind of let people know that, hey, Dorne is awesome. And, you know, Queen Nymeria, when she says this, it was more about like, we're not going to have cowards escape the hardship we're about to find. We will forge our new land and mm. you are all here to do it. And it's not like you're going to go off and try to live in some summer aisles. No, you're here. So, um, yeah. so if you think this is going to be all taking place on the sea, like the end of the series will be when they find their new land. It's tough to say. Cause I think that's too expensive for them to do that. And the, yeah. the 10,000 yeah. ships saying is when they're already on Dorne. Although, I mean, it's just 10,000 ships, but the, yeah. the, the idea was that, the synopsis or whatever is like, yeah, they're going to be out on the sea. So it might be starting that way. And that's just kind of how they're, they're pitching the pilot or the whole yeah. series. That might be a good sign. If that, if they plan on most of the series, you know, at least majority of it being on ships, then they're investing into building really good ship sets yeah. that they're going to use over and over again throughout this you know series. And then at the end, you know, burn them all, but they don't actually burn them. I want people to be able to visit the sets. That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so what do you think, like, out in the open seas, are they going to have you know, clashes with the Ironborn or something like that? Like, how do you, what do you Valyrian. do? Valyrian, well, Ironborn are like straight up raiders at this point. Like, they're, I mean, they've always been raiders, but they're kind of more savage in their, in their attacks and stuff like that right now, I think at this point. Yeah. Um, it'll be a lot of the different clans that belong 
in Westeros, right? Because it's kind of a scattered mess right now. Um, mm-hmm. And the Valerian hunting them down. Because the Valerian, I think their name were the Rohan before they became the Dorn. Um, but they were just like, capture, 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 destroy. And they're ruthless. And so like, if you guys think Valerians are Targaryens, or are the Targaryens, I'm sorry, the other way, Targaryens were Valerians. Um, so they were wealthy, they had dragons, they had power, they had money, and a lot of slaves. And so it would be kind of this cool, like, just escape this, like, empire, <laughs> really. Yeah, um, like fleeing Egypt kind of thing, right? Exactly, yeah, exactly like yeah. that. To form their own land. It's 40 days on the ocean. <laughs> yeah, and these 10,000 um, so we'll ships are going to be... Uh, more Dorn again is going to be really good. Yeah. Even if it's just a pilot that are on the ocean and they actually show Dorn more, I'm cool with that, too. Yeah. Well, so hope- hopefully this leads to a second season where we see all of Dorn develop and grow and become a thriving, you know, city or country or whatever that'd be cool fighting back these like tribes that are because again it's like just a mess in in westeros at this point um Mm -hmm. with the old men and stuff like that so the first men so we'll see how that looks like and the people that are wildlings are south at this point right they get pushed to the north but they live across all westeros for a while i think at this point there are the first men that are there i'm not positive on that i there's it's kind of it's tough because it's so much history but i know like the Dornish people, the reason that they were called like Prince Martel instead of just like Lord Martel is because they're the only ones that retained their titles because they would not kneel to the uh, Targaryens because they were, mm. were familiar with the Valerian bastards, <laughs> you know? And so <laughs> they, they like, yeah, we'll join in on your kingdoms, but we're not going to give up our titles. We are Dornish. And so it's kind of that little bit of thing too, where they're like so proud, like famously, one of the Starks kneeled down, and that's where the, that, that tavern where Caitlin captured uh, Peter Dinklage, Tyrion, um, mm-hmm. was that tavern. Uh, famously, that Stark kneeled down, gave up his kingship just to save his people, which is such a Stark thing to do. Mm-hmm. But the Dornish were like, come and get us if you really want to stop us. And they're like, okay, we'll just make a deal. So it's cool to see that, that kind of people be formed, you know? <laughs> That'd be pretty neat. All right, uh, moving on, we're going to be going into our Arcane Review. All right, I had a chance to watch Arcane. We're going to first talk about a few uh, little tidbits of news that came out about this uh, tying into the show. We'll do a quick review for the show. So first off, uh, Hextech Mayhem is a brand new video game coming out on the 16th. So it'll be out, I mean, like a couple days after the release of this episode. It'll be on Switch and PC. There's a music-based side-scroller. You're playing as Ziggs. And so you're just like running along, trying to escape Heimerdinger. He's chasing you. It should be a fun little game. I think it's going to be relatively cheap, if not free. So check that out, guys. Hextech Mayhem. Uh, really great way for you guys new to the League of Legends world because of Arcane um, to kind of be introduced into like the gaming world of this thing. Because, I mean, Arcane has exploded in popularity. It's huge. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that like want to learn more about this world. And League of Legends is daunting. And so it's good to know that there are other games out there within the universe that are easier ways of getting in. So this is one of them for you. Hextech Mayhem. Uh, next up, Arcane and Among Us are doing a crossover where you could play as Heimerdinger or some of those guards that are like evil as hell. Um, you could play as them in Among Us. Jalen, have you been playing Among Us lately? I, mean, I haven't played it in a long time. Not in a while. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was playing it pretty good for a while, but yeah, I haven't played it in probably six months. Yeah, I, I, about the same for me, actually. It's been a long time for me as well. So, But if you guys are still playing it, Go check it out. You can be, you can be Heimerdinger or one of the uh, guards. Uh, okay, so quickly on Arcane, I'm going to give you guys my grade right off the bat. It is a strong A, almost an A+. I can't suggest this enough for you, Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan, now, I know you played some League of Legends, right? Uh, I did play some League of Legends long ago, and I quickly realized I'm so terrible at it. Yeah. Any game well, where you have to play a, a, a specific role yeah. and do good to support a team, I'm bad at. I'm the guy that's, you know missing on the heels or whatever well the problem with league of legends too is like it's okay to be bad at a game right normally that's fine but because it's a team-based game everybody starts harping on you right away when you're bad <laughs> and so it's kind of like if you if you want to go check out this game that this tv show is based off of and also people are like talking smack to you the entire time you're yeah. gonna be steered away from it or even when people are nice and supportive so i just feel bad that True. my team will lose over and over again or you know I, it's not fun to play a game where you just continue to lose so that's a good way to look at it yeah um, yeah. well, when League of Legends first started, and it was just a small little company, Riot was a small company, 
they used to come out with a weekly newsletter. And I think I maybe I mentioned this on the podcast. There's a weekly newsletter that was supposedly written by some like local mage that lives in one of these towns. And it would give like the updates on the news of the world. And it would build all the lore just through this newsletter. Because the game itself can't really give you much lore. And me and, and my friend Tabby would read it and be excited about it. It was just so cool to see all the stuff they're developing. Once the game got real big and Riot got purchased, by, I think, by Tencent, um, the newsletter went away. But now we're starting to see this world start to flourish again. They're starting to actually build lore. Arcane is the latest thing that's adding to it, and it is exploding in popularity. They released the first three episodes on Netflix. Actually, the day we're recording this, they're releasing the second three. I haven't watched those yet, but I will be right after this. It's so good. Um, and again, I'm giving it an A. So the animation style is actually very similar to the animation that you would expect out of League of Legends. Um, just evolved 100%. Like It is like this like scale shading, hard to explain, but it's very, very beautiful. I will say that the emotion and explosions look really cool, which is kind of two weird things to be highlighting together. The emotions on people's faces, uh, there's a lot of emotion in the show. And then again, there's a lot of explosions too. One of these characters, the main character is Jinx. So that tells you it's going to be fireworks. Um, what else is there? The story is fantastic. It does get a small ding, small ding, because the first episode, two episodes are a little bit slow, in my opinion. Now, I want somebody like you to watch it because the reason it's slow to me is because I know that's Jinx and I know that's Vi and I know who they become. And it's a prequel. The first three are like a prequel to the characters explaining why these two sisters constantly are at war. Because in the present day, Vi is like a police officer or a detective, and her sister is Jinx, who's she's one of my mains. She's like Harley Quinn, a lot like Harley Quinn, actually. And so you have like these two constantly fighting over crime and, you know, the police officer back and forth. And the first three episodes are setting up why that's the case. And it does such a wonderful job. That third episode is just phenomenal. That by itself is an A plus for sure. Um, and so, yeah, story is great. Visuals are great. The world building is bar none. And for those of you guys who are new to this universe, Arcane takes place in Piltover, I think it's called. One city. There are like seven cities in this thing with very different styles. And Piltover is so cool because it's this like, um, they call it Hextech, but it's like a steampunk mixed with magic. And so it's a really cool thing. Heimerdinger is a big character in this. We're seeing Jace. Um, and, and me and Joe have been, I mean, you guys check out our Discord. It's just blowing up over this thing. <laughs> Joe's like, oh, yeah, when you hear like a random name being dropped, you're like, oh, I know that character. I know what'll happen. Well, Jace like teams up with this guy named Victor. And you're like, no, Victor's a bad guy. Stay away from him. <laughs> but, <laughs> but early on, they're friends and stuff like that. So um, I can't suggest Arcane enough. Again, I'm giving it a solid A. That's all based off the first three episodes. But if it continues to go in the way it is, I, we're going to grade this again at the very end. I cannot see this thing not get an A+. It is just so well. Jonathan, I really hope you check this out for us. Will you do that? Yes, I'll watch it. Okay. And then Jonathan will give his grade, and his grade is going to be based off of somebody who really doesn't basically play League of Legends much. So I think that's important because there's definitely a level of like, oh, and like, again, me and Joe are going like, I think that's going to be Singe, or like, this guy's going to be that guy. You know, you're kind of predicting who, who will be what. And so that'll be really cool. All right, next up, we have our Forza review. We're going to bring on Kevin for that one because he's been playing that like a madman. He's been, even while he's sick, he's like playing in bed Forza. So it's like, all right, you're doing your job. <laughs> and we'll go from that. All right, now I'm with Kevin. And we're going to be talking about Forza. Kevin, first off, how are you doing, man? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Uh, having you. You're a geek freak now, buddy. <laughs> you know what? Thanks for having me for this little segment of the podcast. Yeah. I appreciate it. All right. Today, we're going to be talking about Forza. Uh, overall, what are your thoughts on Forza? Are you liking it? Is it a pass? So I got it just on a whim because it's free with Game Pass. So I should say I got it. I downloaded it. Right. And yeah. it's blowing my expectations out of the water, quite honestly. Yes. Yeah. Right off the bat. You know, and, and it's funny because you and me played together last night for like three hours and yep. it's not what you guys would think gameplay wise, I think, because I think out of three hours, we played maybe two races and for mm -hmm. the most part, just screwed around the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So that's the the one negative thing that I'm going to get out of the way with it is the multiplayer aspect to it. It doesn't True. feel necessary. I mean, you see the other people that are like playing the game or have played the game in the open world and they're their av avatars or their likeness is in your game in the yeah. races as well but there's very little you can actually do with 
other human players besides the the arcade competitions. Your scores add up with their scores. I did a little bit more of that last night after you left the game and uh, made a little bit of progress. That's the the big negative for me is the multiplayer. Yeah, it just feels like it's uh, not needed, really. I mean, exactly. Especially since they have your gamer tags to the regular races, which is really cool. Um, there's a lot of people like actually. Uh, there's a lot of people I haven't seen in a long time, like racing with you. That's kind of fun, you know? And um, yeah, I like that aspect. The races themselves are really quite fun. There are a lot of races. I especially like the ones that kind of mix this off-road with on-road um, where no one car will be thriving in it. Uh, the car collecting, what are, what are your thoughts on that? I'm enjoying that myself. So I described it as Pokemon for me. Yeah. Like I'm not a big Pokemon guy myself, but mm -hmm. I find myself trying to get as many of the the free wheel spins. The gambling stuff that's in the game is also another negative, but I am addicted to it. Yeah. Um, you get a lot of free cars that way, and there's like 550 or so cars in the game, and I've I've made it a mission to try to catch them all. <laughs> yeah, there's there is enough cars in there to where you find a couple that you actually care about, kind of like a Pokemon. And you're like, okay, but I focus all of my extra money into making this car the best possible thing it could be. Um, what it has been that car for you so far? The starting car, the Hoonigan Kasi something or other. It's a it's a beat up piece of crap racing car, just a rally car. Yeah. And I tricked it out and gave it a new paint scheme. Um, at some point, I I think I told you about this. I'm gonna try to do a Trek Freaks paint scheme for it. Yeah, that's it. right. Yep. I'll I'll share that on Twitter if I ever get to that point. Heck yeah. When I get that done. Yeah, that'd be that'd be dope. Um, yeah, for me, there's a Volkswagen Beetle, which is because that's my actual car. So I always try to buy one of those in the great game. But last night while we were playing, I picked up a Porsche that I quickly fell in love with because I haven't even upgraded it at all. And it handles better than any other car I own. Um, it happens to be a legendary car, which helps a lot. Uh, so it was it was pretty cool because everything else has been like a bad car that I'm just like putting money into to try to make it decent. And so that, that'll be cool. What part of the game is your favorite so far? What, what gameplay? So just the fact that so to differentiate forza horizon from the mainline forza motorsport series it's it's open world yeah i that's that's probably my favorite aspect of it is it's Same. you don't have to do the next race you can do a bunch of pr stunts which are stunts basically you do like dives off of cliffs and uh try to do speed traps which is going as fast as you can during a certain stretch of road you can go from that to being doing one of the arcade things with your friends you can go off and do a, a, a cross-country rally on the other side of the map. You're, you're not stuck to doing one thing after the other. You can yeah. go at your own pace, unlock as many cars as you want to. You can even do the auction house, which is freaking insane. You can Love trick that. out your own cars and put your own paint schemes on them and then sell them to other people and buy other people's stuff. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. It, there's a whole lot of stuff that I like to do in that game, but the open world is probably the biggest part. The auction house might be a part that I could see myself playing long-term. Because there's a lot of things where I'm like, I bet I could buy that card cheap, fix it up, and then sell it for a lot more. And just kind of like make that my gameplay, <laughs> which is so I said, I, do others. I said that myself about New World, and mm -hmm. I haven't talked about New World since. So amazing <laughs> how within one week, like all of us dropped, except for Daniel, he's a trooper, but the rest of us Kyle's dropped that thing like a freaking hot rock. What's that? Yeah. Uh, Kyle's still playing that he is? too. I haven't seen Kyle in so long. He needs to like play games that we're playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, what I, it is is he I'd stopped playing for for a while there, so now he's like trying to catch up to us. I think maybe. It probably, it's probably the case. I'd love to try to get him to play Forza Motorsport or Forza Horizon with us, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Well, it's such a weird game to pitch. Like, hey, you want to play a racing game with us? Like, what? <laughs> if this wasn't free on Game Pass, I was not gonna spend sixty bucks on a new Forza game. This is my first Forza game, by the way. So it's just the fact that Game Pass makes it basically free. That yeah, I'll download it and play it. What the heck? On that note, I did buy the premium pack. You did? Okay. For $45, yeah. <laughs> so I you. get the game for free with Game Pass, but it's $45 for all the premium stuff, which is basically the $100 premium edition of the game. So you get both DLCs when they come out. You get the VIP pass, which is a free house in the game, a bunch of the gambling stuff, spins, um, get some cars, and I think you get the car pass, and it's just a yeah. bunch of shit that all flashes up at you at the same time. It's just, it, ah. Adrenaline everywhere. You're freaking hooked. If, Adrenaline you're, spending, and if you're buying DLCs, you're freaking hooked. That's pretty good. Um, I've put like almost 16 hours in the game so far, and I didn't spend a dime on it. And I'm like, all right, these guys deserve yeah. my money for how good this is. I, I'm not opposed to giving Microsoft money for a game that I'm not paying money for. They've done it before with uh, Sea of Thieves. 
where Sea of Thieves I've got. I actually, yeah, that's what it was. I, I got it free for the Game Pass, right? But at a certain point, you're like, look, I'm going to just, I don't need to buy this because of Game Pass, but I'm going to buy this game just because I really appreciate the work that Rare's done. And then after that, when they started coming out with pets, I'm like, I don't really, you know, the cat's just okay, but I'm going to buy the cat just because, like, look, I, I think this company deserves my money. And I freaking love that idea instead of the EA model of like, you want to have any fun? <laughs> buy these right. random loot boxes and hope you get something that's decent out of it, you know? So yeah. it's a better way to play. Uh, I do want to mention before, as my kind of my last thing here, is the music to me is very good in this game. Um, it's not like it's like a playlist that I'll play outside of the game. I mean, there's a couple songs I actually do have on my regular playlist, but uh, it, it's very fitting for the game and kind of gets me into this like almost like Rio uh, festival kind of idea. It's, it still takes place in Mexico, but it has that vibe. Um, and it gets me kind of in that mood while I'm playing the game of just like I'm out here in Mexico in a Baja car, just like cruising around. It's just it's a lot of fun. Uh, anything in the game that really stands out to you that's just like, man, that was really well placed. So for someone like me that doesn't play a lot of racing games, and I'm pretty sure you are also in that category. Right. Um, it controls very, very well. Yeah. Like you can go to a drift like. A, a, a pure drift track in a drift car and know how to control it and go straight from that into a regular race and it just feels right mm -hmm. like when you slide into a wall you know it's going to happen and you know you fucked up to make that happen yep. <laughs> it's it's your own fault and if, it's just the feeling of it i'm a big control guy and if i if a game doesn't feel right when i'm controlling it i won't play it and this just nails it. which is typical for a forza from my understanding but being my first Forza, it is the first thing I realized where I was like, oh, these cars feel like you're driving a car. Like they're right. they are legit. It's not like you're in a Mario Kart <laughs> where it's just like, where's my, you know, bananas? Uh yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get the turtle shells. Yeah. Uh anything else before we head out for this? Um, I'd be surprised if at some point in the next couple of years I'm not a big racing fan because of this game and get like the whole driving like the the steering wheel oh, pedal man. set up. But that's I'm hoping years down the line. I don't want to get into it that much. Yeah. Great game. Wasn't expecting it. I I like it. Yeah, it's good. I, I, a great way to put it. Great game. Wasn't expecting it. What grade are you going to give it? Um, For right now, I'm going to give it a B plus, but it could go up or down as time goes on. I'm going to get a solid B just because my overall feeling for this thing is like, yeah, I'm having fun. Is it amazing? Do I suggest it to people who are not racing fans? Not necessarily. But you know what? I'm having a lot of fun. And that's and pretty if you, solid. If you have Game Pass give it a shot. It might blow your expectations out of the water like it did for us. It's 100 gigabytes, I will say that. So, I mean, like, it's a little thick, but yeah. Right. It's because it's open world, and it actually feels pretty big, too. It's a pretty good size map. So, yeah. Give it a shot, guys. <laughs> hey, guys, before we head out, one last thing. Uh, buddies of ours over at Geeksplore Podcast, they have a comic book that they've made called Space Odysseys. I'm um, sorry, Oddities. Uh, we, we've talked about them in the past. Uh, we, I've actually reviewed their their uh, comic book both, both on the podcast i believe on our website as well it's a lot of fun it's gorgeous it's a really just to space adventure slash funny i mean like i'm laughing while i'm, I'm reading it as well uh their their number two is on the way they have a kickstarter we're gonna go ahead and put a link to it in the description if you don't mind going over there just checking it out and if you feel like it's something that you want to support please do um i had a chance to, to dig into it and it's wonderful. It's written by Ben Robinson and John Williams, of course. Uh, also illustrated by John. It's colored by uh, Dan Alvera. Uh, I will say a couple things. First off, it's very easy to read. And if, it, if you're new to comic books, I think this is kind of right up your alley. Uh, it, it can be daunting when you see a comic book, something like Watchmen. Yeah, very famous comic book, sure. But it's very wordy and can be off-putting for a new reader. When Space Oddities is perfect for you. It's nice, easy read. It has... Um, as in that it flows quickly, basically is what I mean. Um, and it's still got like action-packed moments and it's got these chatty moments and stuff like that. It goes, it has a really good ebb and flow like you'd expect out of a comic book. Um, but yet still seems like it's just such a wonderful, easy read. Uh, the panels are very clear. Again, also good for a new comic book reader. We're seeing a lot of these indie comic, book, comic books today that'll put less content in their book, but then make the panels very colorful. And it's like, I appreciate the effort, but you know we need content. And still Space Oddities has that uh, it's gorgeous in the fact that it's it's very colorful. Um, the characters are very unique and they, they stand out well, but the backgrounds behind them, especially the space shots, I, I, I take time and really absorb the shots in space and stuff like that. They're very well done, very gorgeous. 
I just got to give another quick shout out to John and Dan who work on the art for this this uh, series. It's fantastic. Um, it's funny and it's fun. Please go check it out. Uh, to give you kind of a, a comparison, I think it's a good mix of like Saga, Men in Black, and Venture Bros. Has a little bit of that kind of retro future <laughs> that Venture Brothers has, that, that feel to it anyways. Um, please go check it out. That's Space Oddities. We'll put a link to their uh, Kickstarter in our bio, or I'm sorry, in the description. We've reviewed them in the past, and so uh, check that out as well. But this is just a sequel, and I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Again, if you're new to comic books, Indies is where it's at. That's where there's new things being made. Not like in DC where it's just like, hey, we're going to do another Batman adventure. Something new. And this is a really good place to start. So I hope you guys check it out. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. It's a lot of fun recording with Jonathan. We had Kevin come in to talk about Forza. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We have another interview coming out on Wednesday. And we have another Trek Freaks coming out on Friday. Thank you again for joining us. And you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. for joining us on the geek freaks podcast you can find us on twitter at geek freaks pod we're also on facebook instagram you can email us we have our patreon and a store all those links are in the description thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you guys next week we'll be right back.